0: It, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Preachie to Clio, And the Leafs are again.
1: Greetings and welcome to and Bruins Podcast. I'm Neston.com's Mike Cole, joined as always by Neston.com's Logan Mullen. Logan, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Mike? I am just peachy, loving the dream. Uh, we're here to talk about the Bruins. Uh, a lot going on. But also, not a lot going on with the Bruins, I guess, is is how I would put it. Uh, We are into free agency. Uh, We are into the 2020, 21. Jesus, that's going to be really hard to say for the next however long
0: we have to say. Yeah, you might just have to say the
1: 2021
0: season, like a break cut off the first 20.
1: Yeah. Uh, But the new year is upon us. Uh, With that comes uh, the start free agency. Bruins uh, pretty quiet uh, regarding free agency uh, and a lot of questions about the Bruins have not been answered or insufficiently been answered. Uh, but I guess we'll start with if now former Bruins, uh, I guess the, one of the bigger news stories coming out of the, certainly the first day of free agency and really free agency in general, Tory Krug heading to the St. Louis Blues, signing a seven year, $45 million deal uh, with the team that beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final two years ago. Or a Year ago, whatever it is, time is a
0: year and time. a half, right? right. Something yeah. like that. Now, I mean, who knows? It's all the same,
1: uh, but uh, yeah. So, Tory Crew going to St. Louis, um, replacing essentially Alex Petrangelo, who is on his way to Vegas. Uh, I it's it was, I guess, it's a surprising move, uh, where he where he landed, right? But it, it, it certainly isn't a surprising move, uh, that he is no longer a Boston Bruin,
0: yeah. I guess. It surprises me that he's not a Bruin because of the contract that he ended up getting. Um, I There's more of a story there that we might or might not ever know, um, but I thought that was about fair market value for Torrey Krug. I was not surprised that he left. I was surprised at the landing spot. I don't think St. Louis was one of those teams that was ever mentioned because I think all of us just thought that if they were going to make a big splash, it would just be – re-signing Petrangelo um but it I not get the impression that Tory Krug was leaving on the happiest of notes um but who knows to me there's more to that story that we'll probably just never find out but I because he got seven years I don't blame the Bruins for not following that like if the you know Krug says that the Bruins pulled their offer and that there wasn't one when free agency started, there was the Frank Saravalli report that said, what was it, six times six and a half or six and a quarter? Um, I, I have a very hard time believing the, well, when I mean, Don Sweeney said he's where they came up short was term. Um, I understand not signing Tory Krug for seven years. I, I thought the money itself was fine. The term with him, you know, he's, he's 29 years old. Those types of guys do not generally age well in the NHL. And he's someone who has had to deal with injuries, not his fault, but it's just the nature of it. And I think the blues had to have known, you're probably eating years seven, six, and five, and maybe four before that. But just, I generally am reticent with these, you know, seven, eight year deals with a guy like Tory Krug that's, he deserves every cent of the deal, but that that term would scare the hell out of me.
1: Yeah, it's, that's, that. I mean, they, it, it's pretty clear the Bruins didn't want that at all. I mean, to your point, Sweeney admitted as much, and they're probably, you know, they're probably more opposed to it than they're letting on, and I think that's kind of speaks to the other point that you made, where it seems like Krug was far more interested in returning than the Bruins were in having him back, and... I guess the interesting thing is, and I, yeah, I guess that's kind of where the rubber meets the road. There's not anything really surprising about this entire thing. Cause like Krug is said all along. And if you read between the lines, going back to what he said all year saying like, you know, I, I basically took less to stay here early on. Yeah. Uh, this is my only chance to really cash in. I'm going to do it. And so like, you know, if you really wanted to, if that wasn't the case, like then, yeah, maybe they would have figured something out for, you know like 4 28 4-30 even you know maybe a little bit more money but shorter term although the cba kind of complicates that uh you know, in hindsight but like you know he needed that uh that that long term guarantee and he got it and like that's you know it all circles back to that term thing um but yeah i'm with you i don't necessarily blame the bruins for not wanting to make that commitment just cuz it's, there's too many risk factors there. And, you know, at a certain point the Bruins have to decide which direction they're heading in. And you know, if you're going into the next chapter of your franchise with a different core or whatever it is, you know, can you really, that's not a great, you know, this is no disrespect to Torrey crew, but if injuries or the size thing starts to play a, play a role, that kind of hamstrings you from
0: building on that next core moving forward. Without, without question. Yeah, Yeah. and and sorry to interrupt, but I I, this is a very interesting window for the Bruins in that next year you're going to have Krejci and Rask up. The year after you're going to have Bergeron up. All three of those guys very well could retire. Like there is a lot of money changing, and the Bruins are loaded with defensive prospects, especially on the left side. If I'm Don Sweeney, I'm probably sitting there thinking, I hope Eurovac and works out. I hope Jacob Zabora works out. I hope Jeremy Lozon's an actual NHL defenseman. I have two more years of – or three more years of John Moore. I think he looks at that and says – I'm about to have all this money coming off the books, or at the very least, Krejci and Rask and Bergeron probably are not going to get the same monetary value of deals that they did on their current deals. And think, if we're about to shed all this cap space, no matter how it's done, whether a guy retires, comes back on a cheaper deal, or leaves, why am I going to tie up almost $7 million in mid-30s Tory crew? Cause yeah, that's a much bigger to, risk. Than you, yeah, you've got all these – Debrusque will probably end up on a bridge deal if they keep yeah. him. Charlie McAvoy's on a bridge deal. Brandon Carlo's on a bridge deal. Like David Pasternak, one day you're going to have to pay him. Like they got lucky with his deal in restrictive free agency. If they want to keep him, they're probably going to have to pay him a lot more than they're paying him right now. Um, these are all things that are in, – become increasingly more complicated to accomplish – if you're giving Tory Krug six and a half million a year. Uh, so I think there's a certain level of trust in their youth. they sure as hell has to be. And I think that was as evidenced by the move they made what an hour and a half ago now of signing Zaborl to a one-year deal or a one-way deal. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like, I was just gonna say like the, the risk in their mind clearly was greater on Tory Krug over seven years than it is, trying out a younger guy and hoping that you hit on one of them. And if you don't hit on any of them, then it's like, well, that, that sucked. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's less of a chance of that blowing up in your face in their minds than Tory Krug five years from now.
0: Yeah. I, and again, no disrespect to Tory Krug, but that is no, the that type of deal that absolutely jobs you. If yeah. you're trying to re-sign David Pasternak a few years from now, You're like, well, I've got this six and a half million dollars that I can do nothing with now, which isn't Tory Krug's fault. Like, it's not no, and he is well within his rights to get as much money as he wants, yeah. Um, Then, but yeah, if I'm the Bruins, I'm probably not doing that,
1: no, probably not. Um, and like the only way it really blows up in their face that they didn't sign it is if Krug goes out and continues to be at least the same player for seven years, yeah. And if that's the case, you're like, well hats off to you sir <laughs> you know and i still i i'd like to think that in seven years i will not go back and say the bruins should have re-signed to- tory Krug. Yeah. unless of course they go on a complete nose dive and all of a sudden like tory Krug is the beginning of the end But i just don't
0: think that's going to be the case yeah i don't think so there would be other factors going into that than just the departure of tory Krug.
1: So, uh, yeah, exactly. And kind of speaking to that, they got a pretty big hole. Ironically, a big hole now on the left side of the, the defense. Like, we're all we've been saying, or all you've been saying, is oh, they're pretty geez. set throughout the, the organization with left side uh, defensive depth. And that was under the assumption or the understanding that Tori Krug and Zdeno Chara were Boston Bruins. Uh, Zdeno Chara is still hanging uh, in free agency doing whatever he does. Tori Krug is obviously gone. So, you kind of got to rebuild that left side. Uh, do you think they have enough in in the organization to fill out
0: that roster with and without Chara? Yes. For one, I I don't think Chara is going everywhere anywhere. I I think that there is a contract drawn up in Don Sweeney's drawer uh, for Zidane Chara, and there's there's probably a- like, multiple contracts signed up pending whatever happens. Exactly. And, and that all they have to hammer out are just some of the particulars. And I think there's a good enough relationship there. Don Sweeney said Saturday that they are in pretty consistent communication with Chara's camp. I don't think there's any surprises there. I think they're probably saying to him, let us figure out what's happening right now, and, and we will take care of you. Like, you will get your money. Um, I have said all along, Chara's either playing for the Bruins or he's retiring. Like I have an exceptionally hard time believing he's going anywhere else. Um, operating under that impression, even if – operating under that impression, they have enough depth there that they will be able to figure something out. Um, I think this is the year that Zaboral actually like breaks into the NHL. I think there's a legitimate competition to be had there with him and Jeremy Lozon. Um, if char leaves you got an easy spot for both of them um but they have so much left shot defensive depth that you think that one of them has to pan out like john moore's basically become a spare like you could do a lot worse than having john moore in your third pairing i think lozon's proven that he can probably play in the nhl i think zaboral's on his way to doing that i think the highest ceiling of anyone is Eurovac and Ainen. i don't think Grizzlick's going anywhere um and I think they also, I mean, we talk about replacing Tory Krug, and this is this is a ways down the road, but I think Jack Ashan, the undrafted free agent that they scooped up back in March, I think they see a lot of Tory Krug's game in him. Now, you can't really bank on that right now because nobody's seen him as a professional yet, um, but similar situation for Krug where he kind of came out of the clouds for a lot of people. So, I think that Don Sweeney's not a moron. Right. So like, I don't think he lets Krug walk without having some level of comfort in his youth. And you've stockpiled all these left shot defensemen for the last basically half decade. And now's the time that you figure out what you have in them. So I, I think that they have plenty. There's just so much depth that there's room for guys to not work out and get shuffled around a little bit. Like the, the, the Bruins have been exceptionally fortunate the last few years to have pretty good defensive depth. And they, like, they kept their head above water for a few years where there's a bit more of a revolving door. But, like, 80% – this is just a guess, but, like, 80% of NHL teams are shuffling the back end of their defense pretty regularly. Like, if the Bruins do that, I wouldn't say they're necessarily, like, in a, an anomaly in that sense. Yeah, I have nothing in it.
1: It's, I think that's borderline risky business if they don't. Because you're, I mean, what if you have two injuries? Then you're, I mean, they've got to get some depth somewhere, I think.
0: Well, that's why Kevin Miller's there. Uh, that That's why sure. Steven Camphor's there. Um, that's the why John side. Moore's there.
1: Um, Even on the left side, though, like if, especially if Char doesn't come back, I guess Char is the bit, and I, we'll just assume that he is. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. Same with Grizzlick, but um, yeah.
0: I mean, that's where like, Somebody like Gustafson would be in. Right. I, I thought that was their biggest mess. I thought they could have had something great with Eric Gustafson and Carlo.
1: Alas. Anyway, um, the Bruins did make a signing. I got a moth flying around. Uh, Bruins in a make- different room? <laughs> yeah. Um, they were busy-ish. Uh, they, they're, they've been in on everybody, if you uh, believe all the reports um they they've they've talked to, to just about every free agent and been in on every trade conversation uh and the one that did hit was they have signed uh craig smith to a three-year deal 9.3 million that's a 3.1 av for those you can't do math uh 31 year old ford 18 goals 13 assists 69 games last year with nashville uh i think he's spent a 25 goal scorer in the past nice depth guy in the you know middle six to, Middlesex, six, I guess. Yeah, you'd call it the second and third line. Yeah, the uh, um, who's been fine, uh, good possession numbers last year. I was looking at his like uh, zone start stuff. He's for his career like fifty nine percent offensive zone start. So like, I don't know how that's gonna fit necessarily, but he's a, a fine player and the cap hit is fine. And I think with a guy who's thirty one, only signing him for three years is palpable. So I I think this is a solid B signing. You know? What I mean? Yeah.
0: I. I mean, they signed a guy who loves to shoot, which yeah. I think is very important. The only way this deal works is if he ends up on the third line. Like, I don't like the idea of playing him on the second line. I guess you could say that if you put him with Charlie Coyle, given the way that the krejci debrusque line has been and the way that they're backing off minutes for Krejci, like the Coyle line effectively could become your second line. But that's that's splitting hairs. I think if you have him in a third line role, like he's always played, he's going to be fine. The guy loves to shoot. Um, and that's a very good combination. And, and that's where I can see a guy like Carson Kuhlman working out on that line where like guy who loves to hunt pucks. And then you've got a guy in coil. That's a, just a monster with possessing the puck. And then you have a guy with Smith that loves to shoot. Um, pretty much since free agency started, everyone thought he would be a great match for the Bruins I think he is. Um, I There's really not a whole lot to add because he has a simple game, but 20-goal score, like, they have not had one of those in, in bunches in the middle six in a, a long time. Like, now between or de, between DeBrusque and Smith, and possibly Krejci, you're probably going to have a few 20-goal scorers there. Um, so, and like you mentioned, cap hits manageable. That's all that matters.
1: On its own, it's a, a fine signing. I, I just I think it'll be a little bit underwhelming if that's all they end up doing. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'd be alone in saying that. But yeah. all of that being said, like he's,
0: he's a very good hockey player. You know, like it's not really fair to him if that's no. the only signing because if they go into next season and Krug is gone and the only guy and your opening night left side is. Matt Grizzly, Jeremy Lozon, and Jakob Zaboral, and the only signing you have to show for it is Greg McKegg and Craig Smith, then I can't imagine that he's going to get a fair shake from the fan base because it's going to be that's the guy that we used the Tory Krug cap space on, is probably the fan base reaction. Not to put thoughts in their head, but that would not be wholly fair to him.
1: That's, yeah, and that's still a long ways away for that to. Come to there are a lot
0: of quality free agents still out there. Yeah,
1: trades could also be made as well. Uh, one guy is not uh, on the market anymore. Kevin Miller. <clears throat> just touch on this real quick. Excuse me. Got a frog in my throat. Did you swallow uh, them off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one year, million and a quarter. Fine move. I have no problem with Might it. Might as well, yeah. Taking up 1.8% of the cap. So, there you go. Um, yeah. I Nothing to add. He, no,
0: he, he deserves a shot to play he, he yeah
1: it could be a really good signing if he comes back fully healthy but with him that's the obvious issue right it's like yeah.
0: maybe, so you're not crippling your cap situation that's that know. was kind of the matter there but I think everyone saw that move coming from a mile away too yeah I wonder what his market would have even been probably nothing right like yeah. he'd still be out there maybe get, he'd probably be like a PTO player right like yeah. gets brought in at camp and as a chance to make a roster Adam McQuaid special yeah the Adam McQuaid special uh so what's
1: next what do the Bruins do now what do you uh if you're the Bruins what's uh where do you pivot here because they kind of feel like they're in a, a weird spot where it's not to say directionless but there's it's yeah I don't know like they're kind of it feels like I guess the worst thing they could do right now is get really reactionary but this right. feels like there's more work to be
0: done yeah my the only thing I think they should do is go after Evgeny Dodonov um he's gonna cost less than Mike Hoffman he's a better defensive player um and he he had a great shot and I think he's somebody that he was playing on the top line for a good chunk of his time with the Panthers like throw him on a second line roll with Krejci and Nebraska and I think he might have something there um, and, and he's going to cost less than Mike Hoffman, which is kind of what's important. Like I, I think with the way the forward market has been, the Bruins could get him on a good deal and still be able to comfortably sign to DeBrusk, and Chara. I don't think they need to try and make a massive splash with the last remaining guy in Hoffman just for the hell of it. I think that there's probably more shrewd moves to be made. So if I'm them, I'm probably going after... Dodonov and seeing what happens after that maybe swinging a trade for more defensive depth or whatever there's the Mackenzie Wegar rumor I think that could work out well for them um, especially because he's a righty and he can put up points and solid enough defensive player but I don't know. I I don't get the impression the Bruins are in much of a rush. Like I know that this is a pretty, every fan base is reactionary. So I know a lot of people are looking at what's happening right now and saying, what the hell are they doing? Is Sweeney asleep at the wheel? I think that he's just kind of waiting for markets to quiet down a little bit. It looks like things have mellowed out. So they're just going to ride that out for a little bit.
1: Yeah. It definitely feels like we're at the point now where it's almost kind of like baseball where I think they probably can just wait and, it, usually when you wait, if you're the, you know, if you're the one doling out the the contracts, waiting probably is a good thing. Like, cause you know, the closer we get to the start of the season, which is going to get here quicker than any of us realizes, you know, players start to get desperate, the money goes down and maybe you, you, you work yourself into a little bit better of a deal. And that's especially important in a cap league. Although well, you would think like that, that league kind of also spurs movement. So they're kind of in a weird spot. And I don't think anybody really knows what they're, dealing with at this point anyway like we still don't know when the season's going to begin we don't know what the season's going to look like we don't know how much money is going to be made etc cetera, et cetera. so there still are a whole ton of uncertainties that need to kind of yeah. be figured out before anybody have a real good understanding what hockey's going to look like this year and beyond so i think that's kind of an important thing to note as well but um i you know i like the Donov of mo- would be move um yeah that's a guy who seems like if he has the right line mates, he's going to be a pretty successful guy. I'm looking at his numbers right now. The shooting percentage has been insane, like 14% for his career. It was 15% last year, but that's, like I said, that's right in line with his career numbers. So that's, His wrist like,
0: shot's nasty.
1: Yeah, and so, like, you put him with a guy I, – I mean, really, any of the Bruins' top three centers is probably going to put him in a pretty good position to succeed, so I don't see any reason why there would be a drop-off in his numbers.
0: Well, and he's a guy that can play a top-line role, too. Yeah, Um, And especially with the Pasternak and Marshawn injuries, if the season does start January 1st, he would be a great placeholder there. But, you know, Krejci does play well with guys that like to shoot. And it would be, I think, a very good addition to the Krejci line. And, you know, even if your two quote-unquote big forward signings were Craig Smith and Genny Dodonov, like, those are two guys that shoot way more than pretty much any of your other forwards. Or, or are better shooters than pretty much any of your other middle six forwards.
1: I would I would sign off on that as a pretty good offseason, assuming you know, there's not a drop-off for anybody else, not right. your injuries, which we'll kind of get to a little bit later. But, yeah, I would. That's that would work. But they still – again, it comes back to the thing, where, whether it's Hoffman or it's Denanov or something like that, I feel like they need another forward to kind of solidify – at least the top three lines like it's just there's been too many moving pieces for the last
0: 10 years really I mean you know well, you, you know what my thought is it should be Andreas Athanasiou
1: sure whatever like I you need a you know you just need a couple more talented players that you know especially proven guys like no disrespect to Jake DeBrusque but like you know, you're getting at a point where hard decisions are going to be out to made on a guy like DeBrusque so maybe if you end up with a guy like the Donov or Hoffman or even, you know, having Smith guys who have been a little bit more proven, a little more consistent than maybe some of the, the middle six, fours the Bruins have that's, you know, a step in the right direction. And then too, like you got caution on the roster. It, a lot of it depends on which direction he goes. If he lives up to potential, then, he, then you're, now you're cooking, but there's still yeah, some right. uncertainty there. So um, we'll see. Uh do, 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 do. Oh, um, Taylor Hall, I guess we could talk about that real quick. Uh, allegedly the Bruins were in on that. Um, there was some interest there, but ultimately Hall opted for a one-year deal with the Sabres, a, a move that from a purely financial standpoint and his per, for, from his perspective makes a lot of sense. It's kind of goes back on what the guy said in, in terms of wanting to play for a winner. Um, but you know, he's going to Buffalo for a year, 8 million. The Bruins repeat uh, reportedly in on that. And, and then they weren't, um, What's your takeaway on that? And do you think maybe they should have pushed harder for that? Or is it just one of those things where it just wasn't going to well, happen?
0: There was no way they were making $8 million work. And I'm not sure if you read Elliot Friedman's blog today, but he wrote that Hall – the impression I got was that Hall was a little uncertain because the other teams pursuing him, not only were they not close to Buffalo's offer at the time, but they were going to have to move money out yeah. to make it work. And Either it was way. money they hadn't already moved out um and so i get if you're taylor hall how you're probably like you know i'm gonna go with the team that already has the cap space um for a one-year deal i don't necessarily think the bruins should have pushed that much harder um i i like taylor hall i don't know if i'm doing eight million for that like you want to talk about not having depth across the lineup after that like if i just don't know how the bruins would have made that work without downgrading in some other area. Like maybe you do a deal that gets a guy like John Moore off the books where it's like a relatively inconsequential on ice um, impact. But I don't know that you have to pay a premium for those guys. And I don't know if the Bruins would have been wise to do a one-year deal with Hall that's going to run them at 8 million and force them to move out guys that either have term or have, you know, maybe more of a long-term future with the organization I think it might work out for the Bruins in that he only signed a one-year deal, and so you revisit this next year if he doesn't re-sign in Buffalo um, when you have the Rask and Krejci money off the books and you see what you can figure out then. Um, But after seeing that deal with the Sabres, I just don't know if the timing was right. I don't know if that would have overall been a prudent move.
1: Coincidentally, I think the timing is right this year but may not be right next year. Um, depending on yeah I I think this is still a team that could be pretty good this year obviously Um, and that's where I think Taylor Hall brings you the most value is in the short term for a you know in the Bruins I I, like I'm I like the idea of Taylor Hall on a short-term deal more than I like Taylor Hall as part of a a longer-term core here in Boston so that's where I like it and You you take the crew money off the books. Maybe you go out and do something else. It would be part of a much bigger plan if they they got him. But it's something that I would have been certainly open to for one or two years as you try to really make one last push. And I know we've been saying that for a few years now, but, like, that's the kind of move that, you you know, former number one pick, a guy who's won awards, et cetera, et cetera, that – is top level talent and so I think that's the kind of move that you make when if you especially if you can do it on a short-term deal that you make to kind of maximize your your potential in the inside a window slash any other cliche you want to talk about but um yeah so I, I but again I understand where you're coming from too and saying you know it's easier said than done and that I I say that knowing that a lot of other not a lot but other moves that had to have been made so you know without knowing those moves i guess it's hard to commit to that but yeah. i i like it better in a short term than a long term deal but we'll see uh any other guys you would have liked to see them you know push harder for or
0: i i thought they probably could have pushed a little harder for to um yeah i mean but like how much interest did they have
1: you know
0: yeah and i don't know he just said that was a manageable cap hit um that's the only thing there um, yeah I
1: mean I was I've been all over Toffoli for the last few weeks yeah right and, and then the
0: Gustafson thing because yeah. he got what one year three million
1: yeah you and I were both I think there was some agreement on Gustafson and really I mean Toffoli but it yeah, you know, once it was clear Toffoli wasn't going back to Vancouver then it yeah you know, and the number like you said was manageable so
0: yeah the, the Gustafson thing like he's a pretty horrid defensive player but you put him with Carlo, and you're probably yeah. fine. And he, he can run the hell out of a power play. Yeah, t- isn't
1: it time to start? You know, we've seen the the ceiling of what it, they've done on the back end or whatever for the last few years. And you know, sometimes it gets you close. Get it's okay to make a, a change here and there. So maybe it's you can live with a guy who's not, you know, Nicholas Lindstrom back there. Like. That's, <laughs> It, it, it i don't know he seemed like a cheaper version of toy crew maybe not as with a, as high of a ceiling but no. i don't know something like that would have been doable and i guess it's you know they could still find maybe they find a cheaper version of gustafson now and
0: yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> right what what is that like? i know but
1: like i mean if they want to be bought if there's still a depth move to be made maybe they find it i don't know but
0: yeah Uh, Yeah, and that's what brings me back to I think that they think someone in the organization can do it. I think Saborl was running the power play in Providence. Like, I think that's one of those things where they say, that's your opportunity if you want it, like, you just got to go and take it. Um, it Because
1: like Cassidy, you know, Cassidy runs a power play. So like, he probably has optimal confidence in his ability to get the most out of players that he knows. And yeah, he knows. So yeah, maybe. I mean, he he was a first round pick. Like, yeah, right. It's a good point. So, um, all right. So we're what? Four days into this. Five days into this. Five. Right. Started Friday. Today's Wednesday. What's uh? I I guess it's just I'm not gonna say put a grade on it, but <laughs> it is incomplete, right? Like it's just yeah. And I think the the jury is still out, but um. I don't know. Uh, what are, I guess what is your biggest – You know. what's your big picture thoughts about the direction of uh, this offseason so far for the Bruins?
0: Well, honestly, not a whole lot has surprised me, honestly. <laughs> like, it, you – there's always the shock factor about certain things. Like, once the news comes down, it's like, oh, Tory Krug actually left. It's things you kind of gear up for. But until it becomes real, it doesn't really settle in. So, honestly, not a whole lot has surprised me. I do think it's incomplete. And I think for me, the grade will depend a lot on what they do now because the last few off seasons, they've been pretty tight up against the cap, so they could only make small moves. Like last year it was what, Brett Ritchie, Par Lindholm, and Maxime Legasse were the signings because yep. they they could do nothing. Like they had to re-sign McAvoy and Carlo. The year before that was when they got Nordstrom, Chris Wagner, Halak, and John Moore. So like this was the first offseason where they could go and like sign a potential difference maker um, in off the open market. And so I think if they go and sign a, a Dodonoff or even after what we just said about Hoffman, if they find a way to make that work, like I think you would consider that a pretty successful off season, um, especially if you're not tying yourself up to long-term deals with questionable players over the course of six, seven years. Um but if, if it stays as is, it would probably be, like, a C for me because, you know, they, they get high marks for not, like I just said, getting into a bad long-term commitment. They did make an addition um, with Smith, a positive addition. and But at the same time, you're leaving a lot to chance. Like, that's the thing right now is if they roll with this roster in a camp, you are leaving a lot to
1: chance. Do they have the money? To do a whole lot else other than sign the RFAs and the Anchar, like I don't.
0: I think I think think they could do Dodon Dodonov, and it would be tight. But I think they could do it. Uh, Very tight. Yeah, but I I don't think those guys are going to get a whole lot of money. Like, what was Dodonov making in Florida? I think he was making like five million, maybe. Um, I I don't think that. I mean. Craig Smith is making $2 million less a year than he was making in Nashville. Like, I, I don't think that he's going to get some sort of massive deal that takes us all by surprise. Um, so – and I think a lot of guys are so desperate for security right now and to just, like, have a contract that if you're Dodonov and the Bruins give you four and 16, like, you're probably taking that, right? Um, so, yeah, Dodonov made three uh, – 12 over three. Well, yeah. So you give them in the three to four range. I think you can make that work, and I think that's feasible. And I'm always of the impression, like RFA's never make as much as we think they will. Like I've seen people saying DeBrusque is going to get four million. I would be floored if he makes over, if he makes four or above. If he um, did, then then uh, things get tight. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with DeBrusque, – you're probably right around three. I think you're in the 2.75 to 3.25 million a year range. But like, that's that's a tough deal um, to figure out because the upside is through the roof. But at the same time, there, there's so much inconsistency that if you're sitting there with the agent, you're saying, why am I going to pay this guy four or five million a year where every year during the playoffs, he's been a no-show the last two years. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. We'll see. Uh, and last thing before we get out of here, injuries out of nowhere. Uh,
0: the, the surgeries were done a month ago.
1: Yeah. So uh, let me just double check this because we got the email, came across our desks uh, Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, I forget what day it is. Uh, Wasn't This is terrible. I should have had this pulled up already. But Brad Marchand, uh, David Poshnock, Charlie McAvoy all undergoing uh, off-season surgery within the span of a week of each other, a month ago. So uh, Charlie McAvoy, right knee arthroscopy, uh, uh, September 8th, successful surgery, should be ready to go for the start of the season. The bigger ones, uh, a week later, September 14th, Brad Marchand, sports hernia repair. Uh, he is, what is that, four months? Um, four, four months. months. That, that puts him mid-January. Sure. So he may or may not be ready for the start of the season, whatever that is. And David Poschnack undergoing a right hip arthroscopy uh, labral repair. So that explains the uh, whole grimacing upon celebrating the uh, yeah. thing that he was dealing with. That's a five-month recovery. so, yeah, so mid-February. It's impossible Bruins start the season without two-thirds of their top line. Um, kind of out of the clouds. Uh, yeah. But it makes sense, I guess. I mean, Poschnack we knew about. I think Marchand, it was kind of mentioned in passing, maybe, unless I'm making that up. I think
0: we knew something was a mess.
1: And the, the the McAvoy one, yeah, I guess there was – didn't he deal with something through the season too?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I forget. But I just – I remember Sweeney saying at the postgame or at, after the season ending, he didn't think any guys were headed for major surgery. Um, and then okay, two weeks meant- later, three of their most important guys go under major surgery. <laughs> so, well,
1: having a knee scoped is not – yeah. you know. You, could, you can get by by saying that those guys did not undergo major surgery. I would yeah, not, I guess so. I mean, there's no heart transplants.
0: Um, That's true. No heart transplants. That is major surgery. Uh,
1: yeah, geez, <laughs> not great. Um, but it sounds like, you know, McAvoy not an issue at all. Marshawn probably not an issue. Pasternak, even if it's a few weeks, maybe a month, you, you get by. The issue long term, I mean, you start dealing with hips, Groins, All right, it, just ask Patrice Bergeron. You've got that entire line now has the same injury, and it's that becomes just, chronic quick. Yeah, it's hockey. You know, like I've, I'm surprised not every hockey player has hernias and hip injuries, considering the nature of skating and getting hit while you do it. Like it just seems pretty unnatural. But yeah, that thing those linger. I mean, Patrice Bergeron dealing with every spring at this point. Yeah. It,
0: the one that concerns me most is the hip for knock Like that's yeah. that's tough. Hip injuries are tough to come back from. Those are the type of things that do become chronic and hang around for a while. And he's what twenty three years old, twenty four oh. years old. And like you don't like seeing that.
1: No, not great. Um, yeah, I mean, just ask Cam Neely about that. You know, yeah. and I know Neely's dealing with more, but still not great. Uh, but so it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, but I, that's price of doing business, I guess. So yeah. maybe guess, get to
0: utilize a little bit of long-term IR. You know? Yeah, I
1: guess. I I still the, they're not going to do that. I that should. would be very stupid. Uh, I will never understand any of that. But um, I have nothing else. Do you have anything else? No. It's a nice quick catch-up that actually was longer than probably should have been. Um, but you know, that is that's the way it we is. We just
0: going. like talking to each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, all right. I guess we'll probably reconvene. Soonish, once uh some more dust settles but we're just kind of waiting on the dominoes to fall
0: at this point yeah you know, well we'll probably talk tomorrow when they give Evgeny to Donov a seven-year yeah. deal but yeah, that
1: would that'd be unfortunate timing um
0: but good for the Bruins,
1: sure uh yeah and I think we could probably reconvene at some point once we've having a better idea of what's happening with the season
0: so yeah true right we have no clue what's happening
1: it's been a while since we talked schedule so yeah <laughs>
0: that was that was about all of April May and June it so. feels like Forever. We can do we can do all sorts of schedule talk if we want.
1: I'm out of ten that they're gonna get this next season in, so are you really? Look at you. That's actually probably a little too optimistic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is a little optimistic, yeah. <laughs> they'll
1: start. I don't know if they'll finish, so Okie dokie. Um go uh go wash your hands, wear your masks. Let's play hockey in twenty twenty one. Uh that's Logan I'm Mike. Uh, we'll be back again soon. Talk hockey. Thank you for joining us. See you then.